It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast. Focus on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. Welcome to halfway through your work week. A lot to catch you up on. Talking about Taysom Hill. A big talking point in the lead up to the Super Bowl this week is the New Orleans Saints quarterback. Is he the guy of the future there in New Orleans? We'll talk about that with some comments from some national media folks. Also talk about a report from Jeff Call about Gavin Baxter. Could he return this season for BYU basketball? And obviously, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news as well. Locked On Cougars is proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network, and love being a part of that. With that rundown out of the way, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for January 29th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast focused on BYU with us here on Locked On Cougars. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and a myriad of other podcast providers. Make sure to hit the follow or subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. And also give us a favorable rating and review as well. A lot to catch up on on today's podcast. We have to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU news you need to know each and every day. And with the Super Bowl on deck later this week, Sunday afternoon, between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs, there are three former Cougars going to be on the field in that game. Of course, head coach Andy Reid for the Kansas City Chiefs, safety Daniel Sorensen for the Chiefs, as well as linebacker Fred Warner for the San Francisco 49ers. But there's one other former Cougar who is making headlines up and down NFL circles this week, and that is former BYU quarterback Taysom Hill. A debate raging right now about Drew Brees and his future with the New Orleans Saints. He's 41 years old. Uh, there's some d- discussion of whether he'll be back for another year in New Orleans there. And some national media folk think that Taysom Hill based on them hearing from coaches and staff members down there in New Orleans that Taysom Hill is the future franchise quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And I know that there will be people out there who say, well, Taysom's too old to be a franchise quarterback. Let's let's start off with this. Taysom Hill is not even 30 years old yet, or he's turning 30 in the near future. And in this day and age of the event of the NFL, if you are a franchise quarterback, you can play into your early 40s. Taysom, uh, uh, not Taysom, Drew Brees, 41. Tom Brady, 43. Uh, we're seeing guys. Aaron Rodgers is creeping up on 40 years old. There are so many guys who are playing into their late 30s, if not early 40s, now at quarterback that it can happen. So Taysom Hill, very much a discussion point. So let's start off with this. Jay Glazer was on The Herd with Colin Cowherd, one of the better radio shows I think. I think Colin Cowherd does a fantastic job. And the question was asked, well, what is what is New Orleans going to do at quarterback with Drew Brees? And here's what Jay Glazer had to say. He's an NFL insider for Fox Sports, had to say about Taysom Hill. Today, if I ask you about Drew Brees, Jay, do you think he comes back? So Drew's in a different posi- position than anybody else. 
The Giants have moved on from Eli. The Chargers moved on from Phillip Rivers. Brady has a choice where he's going to want to go. Breeze, it's Saints or nobody. And Sean Payton's already said, yeah, if he wants back, he's back. Like, it's not a question in his mind. It's just a question of what Drew wants to do. Um, they do have their quarterback of the future on the roster, too. That quarterback will be Taysom Hill. Taysom, they believe, is a franchise quarterback. And especially, you've seen what, you know, Lamar Jackson's been able to do. So they think they have him there. But Sean has been very, very clear. If Drew wants it, like, we want Drew. We still want Drew as long as Drew wants to go. So this isn't a... A situation like the other guys where they're kind of pushing him out the door, they're they're welcoming him with open arms if he wants to come back. So there you go, Jay Glazer from Fox Sports with Colin Cowherd on the herd. Thanks to Fox Sports Radio and Fox Sports for letting us use that audio. Interesting to hear him say that, that he thinks that Taysom Hill just on the – on the reports that Taysom Hill is a franchise quarterback. He thinks that they should move on and go with Taysom and if and when they decide that Drew Brees is done. Well, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, he also added to this and he was having a discussion on his show and they were talking back and forth about what the Saints should do at quarterback and both of them agree that Taysom Hill should be the man in New Orleans going forward. If you're the Saints, would you rather give Drew Brees one last crack at it? By the way, happy birthday, Drew. He's 41 today. Happy or birthday. Or would you hand the keys to Taysom Hill? Whoa, this is a tough one. This really is. There's no, you Not know, for me. I would hand the keys to Taysom Hill. I would. I, you know, Again, hey, uh, Drew Brees does some really good things. There's no doubt about that. Can you know? I don't know. I question whether Drew Brees, you know, Drew Brees, can he win you games deep in the playoffs anymore? I don't know about that either. You know, I don't. Hey, the Rams game a few years ago in the NFC Championship game, that should have been 21 nothing. Instead, they let the Rams hang around. You know, there's the issues of throwing the ball deep. Hey, they lost all their games this year. Drew Brees was the starter, not Teddy Bridgewater. I think Taysom Hill brings an interesting skill set. The team's set up to be able to be successful around him. You know, he showed me enough with his throwing, not only in the regular season, but what he did in the preseason, that that's gone to starting quarterback level type of throws. Uh, so this is a really close one, but yes, I do think I go Taysom Hill. Yeah, I think I go Taysom Hill, and it's not that close for me. I think that a lot of what we've seen from Drew Brees the past couple years is the product of Sean Payton, yeah. even though he has still generated phenomenal statistics his passer rating for 2019 the highest of his career he had that night for the ages against the Colts but look you can't keep both you can't if you pay Breeze on top of the dead money they're carrying 21.3 million from past contracts there's no way you're going to be able to match an offer sheet that comes in for Taysom Hill now in that case the best case scenario you get, a first-round pick for Taysom Hill. But I think there are multiple teams, maybe teams that would be percolating down at the bottom of the draft so it's not that big of a first-round pick that you're getting that will come in and make an offer that you won't be able to match on Taysom Hill. Yeah. When Sean Payton says the guy's Steve Young, I don't think he's playing the okey-doke on no, someone. No, definitely not. I think he means it. Yes. And he was the best player on the field in that game against the Vikings a week and a half ago. So I'd go Taysom Hill, especially with Sean Payton there, Whoa. to get the most out of him. There you go, Mike Florio along with Chris Sims, the former quarterback. And interesting to hear them both say that they think Taysom Hill should be the guy in New Orleans, thanks to Pro Football Talk and NBC Sports for that audio as well. I think it's going to be an interesting debate. And Florio actually even added on to this writing after that 
clip that he was talking back and forth with Chris Sims on their show saying that if Taysom Hill is going to be the future quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, well, if they're going to bring Drew Brees back, it's for one year. This next year in 2020, Drew Brees comes in as almost just what he describes as a transition year where the Saints say goodbye to their franchise legend and Drew Brees and get ready for the future with Taysom Hill beginning in 2021 with Hill as the starting quarterback. I think it's a fascinating, fascinating discussion. I don't know what to make of it because there are a lot of people out there who are naysayers about Taysom Hill thinking that he can't be a starting quarterback. A lot of people, I've seen some BYU fans say, BYU wasted Taysom Hill's best years. What you folks don't understand who are saying that, Taysom Hill gave every bit of his ability to BYU and suffered four season-ending injuries. Yeah, he did everything he possibly could in a BYU uniform and If you're going to denigrate this young man's name, go right on ahead. And I know I've been critical of him during his time at BYU at points. I will freely admit that. But I never thought that he didn't give his all or BYU wasted his ability. I think what he's doing in the NFL is what everybody at BYU, his coaches while he was in Provo, hoped he could become. I hope he succeeds. I hope he becomes that franchise quarterback in New Orleans and gets that opportunity to be the guy because this is a young man who deserves it. It's a fantastic story, I think, all the way around to even hear him in the discussions after all of the injuries that he suffered as a BYU Cougar, two broken legs, a broken arm, just... It's insane. It really is insane what he's been able to do as a pro. And here's hoping that the future for Taysom Hill features him being a guy who very much is in the mix as a franchise icon for New Orleans Saints. It'd be really cool to see him replace a guy like Drew Brees and hopefully has even to a similar level of success there in New Orleans. That'd be a a great career. And the biggest thing for Taysom Hill coming up this offseason he is going to get paid. Uh, NFL free agency, he's a restricted free agent, and the Saints have a decision what they what they need to make. Sean Walker from KSL.com, a good friend of the podcast, uh, in his article on KSL.com, the Saints only have $12 million in cap space currently, and that's going to be interesting to see if a team comes in with a big-time offer for Taysom Hill and decides, you know what, this is our guy, we want to pay him, and we want him to be our quarterback. Will the Saints match it? How will they adjust to that? It will be interesting and we'll see what happens with Taysom Hill but my overall thought is it's good for Taysom Hill it's fantastic to see his name out there in the media and I'm hoping that he gets his opportunity to show what he can do at the professional level and wishing him nothing but the best of good health going forward because heaven knows he paid the price in college at BYU all right we'll talk some BYU basketball switch gears here in just a minute an interesting report from Jeff Call in the Deseret News yesterday about Gavin Baxter a name that people probably don't remember a guy that I think has just got all kinds of ability and talent. Could he return to BYU this season? We'll discuss that here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, make sure to give us a favorable rating and review on whichever podcast provider you're listening to this show on, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Let me explain as simply as I can. When you guys interact with the show on these podcast providers, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, etc., you give us those ratings and reviews. Well, those podcast providers see that and say, you know what? That means that that podcast is pretty popular. We're going to help other BYU fans find this podcast. So what you guys are doing, it's a symbiotic relationship, and I thank you guys in advance for doing this. But what you, when you guys interact with the podcast, give us a note or two on the podcast, give us that five-star review, etc. Well, the podcast provider, 
finds other BYU fans who are searching for BYU audio and shares it with them. And conversely, it just builds the audience. That way we have a more well-rounded discussion about BYU sports. So thanks in advance for doing that. So make sure to give us that favorable rating and review. It really does help build the audience for BYU fans, helps us find them, as well as BYU fans find us here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, guys, BYU basketball getting ready for two big games this week against Pepperdine as well as St. Mary's. Pepperdine tied with BYU for third place in the West Coast Conference despite having only a 10-10 record overall on the season. And obviously, St. Mary's sitting in second place currently as they get ready to come to Provo for their second of a two-game series in conference play against BYU. Massive, massive games for the Cougars this weekend. But an interesting report emerged yesterday. And Jeff Call, I give him credit because he waited out to get this interview. He waited over an hour to talk with Gavin Baxter, BYU forward, a guy who suffered a shoulder injury, a torn labrum that required surgery early on in preseason training camp, has been out since late September, and what the thought was that he was going to miss this upcoming season. But it sounds like he could be coming back to BYU sooner than expected. Uh, interesting to hear him say, quote, I really want to play, but I've got to calm myself down and focus on my recovery. Continuing, like anybody I want to play, we'll have to wait and see, but it's been a good recovery and things are going well. Right now, I feel I feel good about it. The doctors say recovery is four to six months, depending on where the tear was and how far it tore. There's a lot of different factors. It's an evaluation fee- thing. They're looking for certain movements and range of motion. If BYU could get Gavin Baxter back this season, I just on, on its head, it's a fantastic addition to what has been a very thin front court for BYU. His jumping ability, the ability to just absolutely be a freak on the court has a 44 inch vertical Gavin Baxter six foot nine with 44 inches dude can jump out of the gym could be a very elite rim defender for BYU a guy I think can contribute on the offensive side of things showed that last season late in the year and on his way to being named to the West Coast Conference freshman team of the year last year and if BYU can get him back on its head, it's a fantastic addition. But I also worry about the fact that if he's saying, well, recovery is four to six months, we're, we're about the four-month mark right now, are you throwing him in there with the risk of re-injuring himself and then having to sit out even longer when you have to undergo a second surgery on that labrum? Uh, Coach Mark Pope in this call, in this article from Jeff Call, once again on the Deseret News, you can go to Deseret.com and read up, so that Coach Mark Pope is cautiously optimistic saying, quote, the problem is, can he take a hit? They say nine months before you're fully, fully 100% healed. It's six months before you're really legitimately good to take a hit. He's doing great. I've been really proud of him in terms of his mental and emotional approach because this is really hard. Okay. If nine months is the full 100% recovery, then sit him out. Let him sit this season. I think BYU's shown the ability to make the NCAA tournament. I get that they need the front court depth, etc., especially if they're going to make the NCAA tournament and all that. Well, here's the thing with Gavin Baxter. I would hold off as long as you possibly can in terms of his recovery 
until the doctors give the go-ahead because you do not you do not want to re-injure that labrum because that's just an even longer recovery window when you have to have a second surgery in short order on a shoulder. Anybody who's had shoulder issues knows how delicate of a procedure it is to get that shoulder back to fully functioning and full health. So I am concerned that BYU and Gavin Baxter could be pushing it a little bit too quickly. I'm going to hope that BYU's coaches and the medical staff down there in Provo are being very cautious about this because you don't, like I said, you do not want Gavin Baxter to come back, take another hit, get tangled up, re-injure that shoulder, and then he's forever not the same player because he has to undergo a second reconstructive surgery to that labrum because they're very difficult to repair in the first place. Anybody who's played football and had a shoulder reconstructed knows how difficult it is. You can ask any of them. There's a number of BYU football players right now who have probably had labrum surgeries this offseason. It's a very common occurrence in the offseason for BYU and just college football players and NFL football players in general. So I'd be very cautious with this if I'm BYU. I get that he's a young man chomping at the bit to play basketball. He served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He probably sees kind of that clock ticking in his head of, hey, I got an opportunity here potentially to be a professional basketball player, but it only will last so long. I understand all of that. But if Mark Pope is saying that six months before you can take a hit, I'd be very, very cautious about putting him back into a game. Uh, Maybe in the lead-up to the NCAA tournament, you realize you need that front court depth. You Also, one other discussion here, uh, you got to be very careful about this, but also you have to discuss you're losing a year of eligibility if you step on the court. I don't believe that the college basketball game, if I'm I'm mistaken on this, feel free to reach out at Jacob C. Hatch, at Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can email us, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. If I'm wrong about this, feel free to let me know, but I don't think college basketball currently has a rule like college football where an athlete can play in up to a quarter of a season and retain that year of eligibility and still use a redshirt year. If that's the case that BYU can do that and have Gavin Baxter play and they feel like he's healthy and he's not going to be at risk for re-injury, throw him in the game. But based on what I understand about NCAA Guidelines with regards to red shirts in college basketball currently, I don't think that rule exists. If I'm mistaken, I will freely eat crow on that. And if that's the case, go right on ahead and put Gavin Baxter in a game once his doctors and the BYU training staff clear him. But as it stands right now, if he's not able to use a red shirt year, I would sit him out. I'd say, you know what? We understand you're chomping to the bit to play, but we have an opportunity next year with you, Wyatt Lowell, Richard Harward, all coming off red shirts to really still be an impact team next year despite losing a bunch of seniors, and we want you guys to be ready to go. I'd go that route. That's just my take. Feel free to weigh in with what you guys think. At Jacob C. Hatch, once again, at Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also email us, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. The good news is, Gavin Baxter's on his way back, and that's the positive. I'd just be very cautious about putting him back into a game and, and potentially opening himself up to re-injury there. All right, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, guys, if you've been a listener to Locked On Cougars, I'm sure you've heard all of the great advertisers working with us here on Locked On. Think of All Guard Pest Control back in the day. We've had things like My Bookie, uh, Blue Chew. We've even had Deseret First Credit Union of 
very prominent sponsor of a number of BYU sports with us here on the podcast as well. Well, guess what? We want to give you guys that opportunity as well. You've probably heard them all here on the Locked On Cougars podcast as well as the rest of the Locked On Sports Network. But you may not know that Locked On Cougars is a great way for your local business to reach passionate BYU fans just like you. And it's not even supposed to be local because BYU fans are global and international. We have BYU fans listening over in Hong Kong. We've got fans listening in the Philippines. I can tell you this much. Locked On Cougars is a national and global brand, but I would encourage you guys, if you want to reach more local fans, check out Locked On Cougars. Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners and not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Cougar fans that are predominantly male, that have, are well-educated and have disposable income, then let's put your company right here on Locked On Cougars. Local fans love to support local businesses, so text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help you achieve Locked On advertising success. So once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you and working with you here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, as we wrap up today's edition of the podcast, it's been a blast to be with you on a Wednesday. Let's run down all of the BYU sports news at midweek that you need to know that we haven't covered yet. Let's start off with men's volleyball. They swept MPSF Weekly Awards for the second time this season. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez was named the MPSF Offensive Player of the Week for his efforts in two wins over UC Irvine last week, while Will Stanley was named MPSF Defensive Player of the Week for his efforts in those wins. BYU, the number two ranked team in the country, uh, they'll be back in action this weekend. They're going to be hosting uh, UCSB, the number three team in the country. The Gauchos coming to the Smith Fieldhouse on Friday and Saturday. I would encourage you guys, if you don't have anything going on this weekend, go catch the number two ranked BYU men's volleyball team in action. They're a ton of fun to watch, and it's a fantastic, fantastic environment there at the Smith Fieldhouse. Women's track is ranked number 25 in the first USTFCCCA rankings this week, so congratulations to Ed Stone and his program on the women's side of things on getting that ranking. Hopefully they can move up. Got a number of great athletes there. They'll be back in action this coming weekend up at the University of Washington Invitational in Seattle, Washington on Friday and Saturday. You can get live stats at BYUCougars.com. On the women's gymnastics side of things, junior Abby Miner and senior Shannon Evans picked up Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference honors earlier this week after their performances against Southern Utah last week. Abby Miner won all-around honors from the MRGC while Shannon Evans uh, picked up the Vault Award from the MRGC, and that's congratulations to both of them. Um, Co-Vault Specialist, I should say, for Shannon Evans, and then Floor Specialist of the Week went to Shannon Evans as well. So fantastic to see BYU Women's Gymnastics off to a great start this season. Guard Young's building a fantastic program there in Provo, and looking forward to seeing the payoff at some point here for BYU. 
All right, uh, two final notes for you. Let's start off with men's golf. They finished an eighth place at the Southwestern Invitational, so not the best start to their spring season for BYU men's golf. Uh, Bruce Brockbank was quoted after the first two rounds on Monday saying that, hey, we look like we're still in winter mode, and that's kind of the typical thing for a program like BYU where you don't have great weather year-round. They're down there in Southern California taking part in the Southwestern Invitational. They'll be headed to Hawaii coming up later in uh, February for their second tournament at the John Burns Intercollegiate. So best of luck to BYU men's golf. Hopefully they can shake off the rust here and get rolling. An eighth place finish is not bad, but for being the number four ranked team in the country coming out of the winter, you'd like to see a little bit of a performance there. One final note for you guys today is that the Athletes Journal, it's been an online diary essentially uh, for BYU student athletes. It's been recognized by the Council for Advancement and Supportive Education with a platinum award and named the District 7 finalist in the category of Best Practices in Communications and Marketing. So what happens now is the Athletes Journal, BYU's uh, program, will now compete against platinum award winners from other universities in the eight case districts for national recognition. If you guys don't know what the Athletes Journal is, it's a series featuring Cougar athletes telling their story in their own words. It started in 2018. 14 different student athletes, coaches, and former players have shared their unique experiences during this series run. It's an awesome, awesome setup. It's a collaborative effort between BYU Athletics and BYU Photo. It's been seen more than 243,000 times, and it's really cool. Uh, BYU and Nike uh, have also been a part of this. It's just a fantastic, fantastic setup, and I would encourage you guys, if you want to learn more about the Athletes Journal, go to BYUcougars.com. Nike's been a sponsor of this. It's been a collaborative effort between a lot of different programs at BYU, a lot of BYU Athletic Communications staff, and just the student-athletes themselves to be open to doing this. It's fantastic to see them getting some national recognition. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll get to see them being honored for that later on this year as they compete against the other finalists in that regard. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day once again. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really does help get the word out about the podcast. We are back here tomorrow. Every single day we have an episode of the podcast for you guys, keeping you up to date on BYU sports. So never miss an episode and always be the smartest BYU fan fan in the room. This has been Locked on Cougars for January 29th, 2020. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.